Welcome to the Media Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Vadabonker. And I'm Kenton Larson. Good um, what time <laughs> is afternoon now. Good morning, Vietnam. My favorite movie about uh, a crazy shock jock <laughs> who goes to Vietnam and tells everybody good morning. That's right. That's all that movie's about. <laughs> that's all that that's happens. That's all that movie's about, starring Robin Williams. It's starring a, Robin Williams as the... Oscar-winning? Oscar-nominated. Ooh, I think did he, he win was, for no, that? No, I don't think he won it for that. I think he won for uh, Goodwill Hunting. And uh, I don't remember what else. I'm not going to Google it right now. Because movies don't hold up so well. Why not? I, I, Good Morning Vietnam, sometimes I watch it when it's on because I, I believe it was overrated in the day. And when you watch it now, you sort of see... You kind of see through the holes. Of yeah, the, the other thing is that we now know more about what he was like uh, when he was making those films because of oh. the whole thing about his mental illness came out right. after he died. So we know that he was completely manic during those scenes and during those, those movies that he shot. Like that was right. part of his mental illness. And, and I mean, we all, I guess, loved it. We all loved seeing him like that. But it probably was not good for him to shoot that movie because of the the toll it took on his mental health right to, and plus he had a drug addiction that and, was right yeah, yeah 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 there's like all kinds of stuff going on there but uh but but you all so many was that an 80s movie or was that a 90s uh, movie? it was i think it was late 80s because there's so many 80s movies where some wacky funster sticks it to the uptight people well and, and uh that falls into that category read any, read any uh any college-based movie animal house knockoff right. it's like they're gonna stick it to the dean revenge of the nerds <laughs> exactly. as the same yes. same plot basically There's a ton of those uh, uh knockoffs basically animal, animal yeah. house and by the way animal house definitely does not hold up and it's, it's very very inappropriate by a lot of standards stripes we should do uh yeah stripes stripes uh i love stripes but oh man there's some scenes in there too but anything with john candy is just friggin hysterical well, in that movie and of course we just uh uh, had the 25th anniversary of John Candy's death. I can't remember if we talked about this last week or not. I don't. I don't think we did. Okay. Or, uh, oh no. Or did we? I, uh, one thing I realized is that I am John Candy was 43 years old when he passed away. Oh, oh no. I'm that's turning. Your... That's turning 43 <laughs> this year. I'm turning 43 next month. I'm a year younger than Luke Perry was, and we were. I was talking. My friend turned 50 this week, and we we're having the same discussion. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like people said Luke Perry was the best looking guy. And look, I'm a year younger than what he was, and I'm not that good looking. So, so now what? Well, that's just so I'm not going to make it that long. That's yeah, it's genetic. Exactly, it's genetics. <laughs> so if his didn't carry him all the way, what odds do have I got? Um, Zero. But, but uh, I, the funny thing about that is that I absolutely remember when John Candy died. I was yeah. an adult. I like I've been. Oh yeah. It means that I've. <laughs> of course, once you hit. I guess 36 is the age at which you're you've been an adult as long as you were a child mm-hmm. in as much as a teenager is a child but I um yeah I definitely made me feel my age a little bit even though I'm not really that old. I don't think of myself as old and I think rightly so you're not old either. We're just middle-aged. That's all it is. I guess I, yeah. I used to have a joke where I said I'm not really young and I'm not really old. Um so my receding hairline kind of balances itself out with my terrible acne. <laughs> So, so it's like both. I'm caught in the there middle. You go, Receding hairline and boyish acne. There That's probably go. what there I'm trying go. to say. But uh, And uh, by the way, speaking of John Candy, I uh, I famously went to the freezing, the coldest Grey Cup game in history yeah. here in Winnipeg to see John Candy standing on the sidelines because he was involved in the ownership of the Argos. Him, at and, the time. him and Wayne Gretzky owned part of the Argos. I, I don't recall seeing Wayne Gretzky, but I did see John Candy. And we, me and my friend basically like walked all the way around the stadium and walked down. But that was back before... They sort of segmented you in your section, so yeah. you could just walk right up. And we walked up, and we just looked at him. 
We just walked there and we just looked. We didn't say anything. We didn't. We just were like, there's John Candy. There he is. And then we turned around and then we heard that Alan Thick and Martin Short were in the stands. Okay. So then we walked up round until we found Alan Thick and Martin Short. And then we just looked at them. He didn't walk no, up and no. say hi? No, we're too shy. <laughs> so we just looked at all of them. We just looked. I'm going to piggyback off a story that was told to me last week yeah. by Clay Young, who's a, a oh. news anchor at CGOB yeah. where I work, and he hosts the weekend morning show. And he was telling me that back when that happened, when they were here for the Grey Cup, he was working, I think he was at CTV at the time, mm-hmm. and he was uh, didn't make the regular scrum. He was talking, to, he was doing some kind of speaking engagement, John Candy was, and he was leaving the stage and coming off, and he has an entourage and security around and and clay goes up to him and says mr candy just a few minutes please i did not make the interview scrum before i just wanted to ask you a few questions and john kid is like okay fine and so he asks him a couple of like typical questions what's it like to be here for the mm-hmm. great cop yada yada and then afterwards like just one more and then he goes he goes into character is like i'm coming to you live from melonville well mayor, no. mayor and he does the whole thing about the the character that john candy played the mayor of melonville yeah. And John Candy immediately drops into character and starts doing it back to him, and they had a bit of a back and forth with that whole thing. No, and Clay said it was it just made his day, and and, and John Candy's like that was awesome, good job. Nobody's ever done that before, and so it kind of this is like, you know it's Clay's story to tell, but I'm telling it here. That's a good but story. But it's it's yeah, he he had a bit of a moment with John Candy when he was here. So, yeah. and and I uh, another thing as far as my perspective, I used. Uh, uh, references to Spaceballs in my uh, edit of the Super Pulp Science podcast, which I produce every week, and I put movie clips in it. And this week it was Spaceballs because it was the only science fiction movie that John Candy did. Wow. So, And we talk about John Candy in the episode, so I figured I'd use that. But That's he's not great. in it very much. If you look at the Spaceballs, no. he's very minor in that in that whole thing. It is almost like an SCTV sketch the way he plays it, though. Yeah, like no, he's, no he's, he's really good. But yeah. when, you, when you watch Spaceballs back, it's mostly – um, Rick Moranis and Mel Brooks are the right. two two big big people in there. So either Mel Brooks as you know President Scrooge or as y- yogurt, uh, yeah. either one. Anyway, by the way, John Candy. Uh, one other thing, and that is when I was a kid, they had that McDonald's the day that celebrities worked at McDonald's yeah. in the city. Yeah, yeah. And the front page the next day in the Winnipeg Free Press was John Candy working at a Winnipeg McDonald's. What? Yes. Why? For that, he, I guess he was in town shooting something. And uh, and I think and I remember going, oh, man, I could have gone and like ordered some McDonald's <laughs> from John Candy. So that, like, I don't know how long he was there. We could probably search this in the Free Press archives. But uh, um, like you, I, I, I wonder how many people have a story about ordering. Anybody fast food. out there, if you have a story about ordering fast yeah. food from John Candy. Let, it, let us know. And I have a story, a similar story that happened over the weekend that will tie into our main topic today because we're going to talk about Marvel movies and Captain Marvel and specifically. Uh, but mm-hmm. there was a story that came out that Brie Larson was at an AMC theater in Los Angeles serving up popcorn for people during the screening of her movie. Like yeah. She was kind of getting out to the the regular people and, and taking photos with fans and did a, bit, a nice little kind of promotional thing, which is kind of really That's really no neat. way to treat a Larson. <laughs> Thank different, you. Different spelling. That's right. Different spelling, but still, that ain't no way to treat a Larson. <laughs> but I worked, I, by the way, I'm the Larson that worked at the town cinema that's right, that's and right. did that for a living, yeah. basically. <laughs> and so I can I can say with great authority, it's not it's not befitting of a major Hollywood star. But I guess now everything has to be a viral surprise. Well, right? that's why they did it, right? And it yeah. worked. It worked for the most part. All right, let's get into the nerd news. Okay. Nerd news. This is 
hot off the presses, hot off the internet presses. There's no press. They just publish things. Uh, the Aladdin, the new Aladdin trailer dropped oh, today. No. Have you watched it yet? No, I hey, haven't. Let's not. watch it. I want to get your reaction oh, to it. Oh, okay. God. Yeah, yeah, I gonna... already know it's going to be no, terrible. No, no, no. no we're going to watch it. Okay. Let's watch it. You stumbled upon an opportunity. I can make you rich. Rich enough to impress a princess. What would I have to do? There's a cave of wonders. Bring me the lamp. Summons me. I stand by my oath. Loyalty to wishes three. I'm kidding. Watch this. Watch out. Uh, you done wound me up. You ain't never had a friend like me. Hey, can you make me a prince? There is a lot of gray area in make me a prince. I could just make you a prince. Oh, no. Y'all see my power? You look like a prince on the outside. But I didn't change anything on the inside. Showtime. No, I'm in charge, okay? I say when it's time. Really? I thought a princess could go anywhere. Not this princess. Do you trust me? They're remaking Prince of Persia right this time, <laughs> but but I, but it uh, it looks like a grand uh, uh, widescreen cinematic feast for the eyes. Yeah, uh, and I guess we need to talk about Will Smith then. Well, but, but okay, but here's the thing: like it looks like, and everyone freaked out over the blue Will yeah, Smith. Yeah, yeah, they, they didn't like it. Couple, nobody liked that. Yeah, but it's not as bad in this trailer because you don't see only see him blue at the beginning. And so maybe that's all we maybe that's all the blue Will Smith we get is at the beginning of the movie, and then he looks normal for the rest of it because he I looks wonder. like his helper. Yeah, right? I wonder. Like I don't mind it when you see non-blue Will Smith, like Will Smith looking normal. That's that's fine, but um, it's just that opening part where he's blue that people seem to have a problem with. So does the parrot have a voice? I don't know yet. We don't have. We did not hear the because it talk. could be Gilbert Gottfried it could again. Be. I, don't, I don't think it is. I would have. Heard, I think we would have heard it. You Although think they, so, might, they might be leaving that for a surprise. It should be Gilbert Gottfried. Really should. Guy's still around. They got. Um, they fired him from Affleck. So you might as well get him back <laughs> for the parrot. But they also uh, got James Earl Jones to to do the Simba's dad's voice in uh, in the Lion true, King. True. So there's no reason why it couldn't be Gilbert Gottfried. Now, honestly, I can't think of anybody else doing that voice of that parrot. Like really. That actually. That actually 
actually looks like um like a good movie. It does. But I, I sort of I don't know how I feel about them remaking every single animated feature. But well, and that's the big issue with these. I have yeah. not seen any of these, by the way. None of the reanimated, like reanimated, none of the uh, live action adaptations. I, I saw Beauty and the Beast. Oh no, I sorry, that's not true. I yeah. saw Pete's Dragon. I saw that oh, was I forgot okay. about that. That was yeah. okay. It wasn't. It seemed more like like. It was a different enough from the original Pete's Dragon that it was good, right? Like, that's the problem is that when they try to be too faithful to the original one, people are saying, you're just copying this. Right. That's what this looks like. It looks like they're copying all the same musical numbers, all the same scenes. Beat for beat, it looks exactly the same as the original Aladdin. So that's the only issue I would have. If you're going to do this, let's make it a little bit different. They, they also don't seem to be too they, – they seem to understand that everybody's seen it already because they're not hiding anything. No. The whole plot is there for all to see, and I actually – um, I barely remember seeing Aladdin when it was an oh, animated I've seen it film. fairly recently. Well, my kids watched yeah. it at some point, so I've seen it within the last five but years. This but... reminded me of it, though. Yeah. I remembered a whole bunch of stuff just Yeah, you remember the parade scene. Yeah. You remember the carpet ride. Carpet you remember ride, the, the, yeah. Even at the beginning there where you seem getting chased through the market by the guards. Yeah. So those are all kind of iconic scenes that are part of the original Aladdin that they've now recreated for this. I think the big thing about this film is going to be the spectacle of seeing this translated into quote-unquote real life. Because we know like most of it is going to be CGI anyway. Uh, but, but the parade scene looks pretty grand yeah, and exciting good. the way they show it there. I mean, it, clearly there's CGI in action, but it doesn't look like bad CGI. No, it looks all good. Look, yeah. I mean, I, this trailer gets me more interested to see this film uh, as opposed to the teaser, which was not good. Well, they ended on an image that nobody liked. <laughs> I, I still don't know how I feel about him. Like how often – okay, so in the original movie, maybe you can – Clarify this for me. How is Robin Williams uh, in genie mode? Speaking of Good Morning Vietnam, <laughs> is he is he in um uh, is he in radio DJ mode for the entire Aladdin? What do you mean radio he, DJ mode? Uh, like shooting off the one lighters as the blue yeah, guy? Yeah, it's does, Robin Williams. It's the same deal. He's like boom, boom, boom. But he, not, he doesn't go to another form. He does for part of it. The, does he? Yeah. Well, during the parade scene. He becomes like the parade, um, whatever they call it, the leader, like the the grand marshal, I guess it is. Mm -hmm. So that in that scene, he looks like a human version of the genie, and he does it a couple more times. But most of the time, as the genie, he hides in the lamp, and then when there's nobody around, that's when he comes out to talk to Aladdin. Mm. So that's like you don't really see him as the genie um, with anybody else around. But it appears as though in this film he is around, but he's looking like a regular person. He's hiding in plain sight as like the retainer to the prince that uh, Aladdin becomes. Okay. That kind of thing. So I, if that's the case, I think that's a better choice. I hope that we don't see him blue for the most, most of the film. Uh, but we'll, I guess, have to wait and see. I don't know. Uh, it looks like a good trailer. Yeah. Doesn't, it I, doesn't I, look terrible. I, it would probably be fun to see this in the in the theater, I think. Is, is it? And I assume it's 3D, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like for everything. Like everything. Yeah. Okay. Next story in the nerd news, Apple announced a new uh, Apple event coming up at the end of this month, March 25th, uh, which they are very strongly suspect to, to announce their new TV streaming service, and I assume a new Apple TV to go along with it, right? That's kind of what they're... They've been working on uh, very. We've heard a lot of, of rumors and speculation about what the service is going to be. Likely going to be another competitor to Netflix, and they're, they're talking about original content. One of the, the other story that broke yesterday had to do with that. But how are you? Uh, how are you feeling about the idea of Apple having their own streaming service? Are we, will you sign up for it? There's a lot of questions around that because I've been dancing around uh, getting Amazon. All right. I still get the full slate of channels from Shaw. Yeah. I got Netflix. Uh, what else is out there? Oh, well, then I've got Crave, all the all the on-demand stuff that comes with having right. the full slate yeah. of Shaw stuff. So there's a lot. 
It's not like uh, I have a shortage of content. And then iTunes itself, yeah. like renting stuff. Now, I wonder so how I this is, how is this going to incorporate into iTunes? Because, and honestly, I think they're they're trying to get away from calling it iTunes. Um, yeah, I think so. Because this is Apple TV. They have, like, Apple Podcasts. As much as we call it listening to this podcast on iTunes, you're actually listening to it on the Apple Podcasts app, which is mm-hmm. what they prefer to call it. So I think they're trying to get away from the i thing as much as possible now. Um, so I think that we are going to like, they want to compete in this field. They want people to buy their Apple TVs. So this Mm -hmm. is just them offering more reason. It is the iTunes, like what iTunes was to the iPod originally. They want this streaming service to be to their Apple TV, which has never been a product that they've really promoted or sold that much. It's always been a bit of a niche product Mm -hmm. for them, but it's something you've always loved. You always had an Apple TV. Yeah. Well, I sort of fell into it. What, uh, uh, at Mac helper back before there was an Apple store, there was a store called Mac helper and they had it on display yeah and uh it looked cool and gave it a shot and it worked so i liked it right away people were slow to adopt it and that one actually ran out of steam pretty quick like you needed to upgrade that was, it was it was very clunky and yeah you had it had a, a, the hard drive didn't it have its own it hard, had drive? A hard drive so you actually downloaded the files into the, the thing you itself. downloaded the files and then you watched them um, and it was good. I loved it, but there became a point when when all the HD and everything else, the files became too big, and it started to take forever. So it became not functional pretty quick. Okay. But but now, I mean, I use it every day. Yeah, and, and now there's a number of other products out there that compete with it, as far as like a Roku mm-hmm. or even an Xbox or a PlayStation, where in which you can stream all of your channels through that. Like pretty much any anything that connects to TV. Has even my DVD player, my Blu-ray player has this functionality. It's very mm-hmm. clumsy, not really great, but you can like use my Blu-ray player to stream Netflix if you wanted to. So the and it's funny because the tagline for this event that's coming up March 25th is it's it's Showtime, which we just heard in the trailer for uh, for um, Aladdin. That that's why everyone thinks it's going to be. Obviously, they're they're pretty. You know, they're not saying. Much about the event, but that's going to be the main point of it. What's, is what's the date again? March March twenty fifth. Like oh in a, boy, that's a couple that's, weeks. That's very interesting. Less than two weeks. It is a Monday. Monday, March twenty fifth. There you go. Oh great. So I know what I'm doing. I'll try and watch it. I always try to watch those. I might be able. I think my students are shooting. That might be a video shooting class. We'll see. And if the, if it is, then I will live stream it on uh, the big screen, and they'll come and go and. That's fun. While they're shooting their video, come and look at the Sounds Apple good. announcement. The uh, the announcement that went along with this, or maybe it was separate, but it was confirmed yesterday, is that Taika Waititi, a director of Thor Ragnarok and uh, What We Do in the Shadows and uh, uh, something of the Wilder People. Hunt for the Wilder Hunt, People? Hunt for the Wilder People, yeah, sorry. But the, the story here is that he has been confirmed to write and direct a Time Bandits series for Apple. So they're remaking Time Bandits, which is a very oh. niche cult movie. And he's movie. directing an episode of The Mandalorian. He is also, yeah, yeah. yes, that's right. But Time Bandits is one of my favorite like movies from, it's a, it's a Terry Gilliam film. It's really funny. Uh, I really like it. It's it's very niche. I have not seen it in years, maybe even decades. So I'm, I don't even know how well it holds up. But. I saw it on TV not too long ago. Yeah. I just kind of happened to catch a bit of it. It looked pretty, it actually looked good to me. It looked like it, it held up in terms of effects and whatnot. Okay. Uh, I remember at the time, the big complaint was that John Cleese is in it for a total of about five minutes. Yep. And in the preview for Time Bandits, he was prominently featured. So people went, I remember I was a kid, I went to see it, and it was like, what a ripoff. Like, we're leaving there. Where was John Cleese? Like, he was all, like, every kid's hero back yes. then, right? Yeah. And there was actually, when John Cleese came to town, uh, there were people in line to meet him who were absolutely talking about Time Bandits. We're getting him to autograph Time Bandits merch okay. and stuff. So people still love it. 
But that that's a class. I mean, I, that's a to me that's ripe for a reboot. Oh, for sure. I think they can do it really been well. It, it has, yeah. and uh, it's funny that seems to be a, a trend with Terry Gilliam films. I remember the Adventures of Baron Munchausen. and Rob yeah. again coming back to Robin Williams. He's in that one, but he's not in it for very long. But oh, he's very, but he was prominently featured exactly. in the preview too. Preview, yeah. And on the and on the cover of the movie, you see a hit Robin Williams face right there. Like it's very obvious that Robin Williams is in it, but he's only in one scene. As the moon or something like that, right? Yeah, or whatever yeah. he is. So, again, I know, nobody else really well-known in that one. Boy, this um, whole podcast has become Robin Williams-centric. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to have to keep it going all the way through now. I don't know if we can now do that. racking my brain. <laughs> well, maybe we can recommend Robin Williams films at the end of the – at the end. We'll try and do that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, okay, but yeah, that's. I think that's. I'm excited. I think that's a good idea, and it makes me want to see what else they have in store. The toughest thing. Now we've known about the Disney streaming service for a while now, but the the toughest thing is making sure you have enough content to start with. I think one of the big mistakes that DC made. DC launched their streaming service earlier this year, and promptly. Okay, they they did. I think Titans was the first series on it. That aired on their service that it was promptly on Netflix like the next day as soon as it finished up because probably nobody watched it on their streaming service. And, and that's part of the problem with you have to have enough content to keep people there. If you've only got a little selection, I've seen this with um, Crackle. Remember Crackle? Oh, yeah. Elfated Crackle was there. They didn't have enough good content. Even Crave for a long time until they kind of updated Crave with all the newer stuff. Crave didn't have very much content. Show Me didn't have very much content. Like, if you don't have enough content there to give people a really good selection, then you're you're not gonna you're not. It's got to be the size of a, a, a good size virtual video store. Essentially, is what we're looking it, at. It helps to have a something original that only you have. That's yep. a talker that but everybody's also, talking about. But also something that's widely known that's not available much anywhere else. For yeah. example, this is not a like. For example, okay, Star Trek. All the Star Trek shows are available everywhere mm -hmm. so that's not going to be something that's going to get you more more viewers but if you have well i know friends is available on netflix but if you have friends somewhere else or another property like friends then that will get you people watching your platform apparently friends and the office are the two biggest watched uh, shows on netflix it's not yeah. their original content it's it's the the shows that from a, more than a decade ago but I, like. but I do recall, uh, and we even talked about it on this podcast, but Orange is the New Black was a talker. Oh, yeah. Everybody, like when it first came out, it was big. House of Cards, when it first came out, was a big talker. Even, even Arrested Development was good as yeah. well, like when they first yeah. relaunched that. Even, even though it wasn't a great season, but it was still like people liked that they brought it back. That was kind of a big deal. So. And even recently, Russian Doll was one that, yeah, you, that it suddenly swept through town and everybody was talking about it. Now, whether it has legs uh, in terms of... Like get who knows only Netflix knows for sure how many uh, viewers that they sign up as a result of any given show. Right, but it, they need that constantly. They constantly need that dose of. Something and so new. Apple, Apple needs that as well. Anybody yeah. who's looking to launch their own uh, platform, it needs that as well. So we'll see. We don't really know much else about what else Apple is developing for this this mm -hmm. platform. Maybe they'll reveal it on the. On the 25th when we watch the event. Yeah, I so can't wait. wait. See, see what it is. All right. And, of course, Donald Trump called him. Uh, he, did you see that? <laughs> Tim Apple. Tim Apple. <laughs> so, so, okay, so let's, let's just make a prediction here. Will we get a joke about Tim Apple? I would love it. I would so love it if they did that. I think you have to, well, don't didn't, they? Didn't Tim Cook change his Twitter handle to Tim Apple? Did he? He was, yeah, I think he's at, or for a little while he was at Tim Apple. That is solid so, gold. Yeah, no, that's funny. That's funny. I wouldn't. I would. Wouldn't surprise me at all if they made a joke. Although it might be a little bit late now that it's weeks weeks past the actual event. But it's. I. 
I still think it's an opportunity to publicly show a sense of humor about something. Oh, sure. And we know he's not a fan of Trump. Oh, yeah, I know he's, he's not. he's forced to have to deal with him from time to time, it appears. Yeah. And remember they had that, that – one of the first things that happened was they had that – all the tech people go summoned to Trump's office. Yes. And to, and uh, you could tell who wasn't happy to be there based on who wasn't smiling in the photo. And Tim Cook was not smiling in the no, photo. No, he was not. He's like, you can make me sit here, but I'm not going to – I'm not going to pretend to enjoy it. Yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if that comes up. And then maybe we'll get a new music video. We'll get to find out. I like finding out who Tim Cook's favorite band is. Right. Because they either play the event or there's a video that features their music. Yeah, and then we'll get it all downloaded into our phones and we'll be all pissed off about it. Well, not that. (laughs) They've never done that again. No. By the way, it still pisses me off when I look at it. It still shows up in my iTunes feed. I I never did delete that that U2 album, which I never asked for. And yeah. it never, it's not very good to begin with. Every once in a while I'm at the gym, I'm like, what song is this? I don't recognize this. And so then that the comes. The ballad to yeah. Joey Ramone or yeah. whatever. Well, no, it's like <laughs> even worse. It's an unrecognizable one from that one. Right, right. Where you just, and then suddenly Bono's <laughs> voice comes in. You're like, not this. <laughs> you like quickly jump to the next one. And sometimes the iPod will play two songs from the same album in a row, in a row yeah. just by freak occurrence. And that's, that's like rubbing salt in the wound. <laughs> like I was trying to skip it. No, we want you to listen to it now. That's, that's right. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for the Nerd News. Let's take a quick break and come back and talk Marvel movies on the Media Nerds podcast. Space invasion. Big car chase. Truth be told, I was ready to hang it up until I met you today. So you're not from around here. It's hard to explain. You have an article from what is this? The Globe and Mail last week ranked every movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And this is something that Star Wars fans were on a long time. It was easier to do for Star Wars because there was only six Not as many movies. Isn't there like 55 movies now in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? This has got 21. I think there's more than that. Okay, maybe maybe not. Oh, maybe it doesn't include X-Men. And those. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's fair because that's not a production of Marvel, so that's fair. Okay, so what are we going to do here? That appears to be the case. Do you first want to know – well, there's some debatable things in here. So do you want to go through the list of 21? We won't, we won't, we won't uh, beat a dead horse, but do you want to go bottom up from 21 yeah. to – All right, so t- uh, 21, they say the worst Marvel movie is Thor The Dark World. Nope, I disagree with that. The worst one is The Incredible Hulk. Is that on the list? Because if it's not, then fine. But The Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and should be on the list. If they've not, uh, they've forgotten it, then they're wrong. We have a Hulk on the list, but it is not that Hulk. Is it the Ang Lee Hulk? Yes. What? That should be lower than Dark World. Why is that on the list? That's not part of oh, the MCU. Oh, wait a sec. They include both under the same category. Uh, that's, that's a cop-out. Uh, First of all, the Ang Lee Hulk is not part of the Cinematic Universe, and it's worse than Thor Dark World. <laughs> Oh Much no! Worse. Oh no! They are talking about they they kick off their little review uh, with oh at least Ang Lee tried to do something different. Wow. But and then they say um, um they say there's no there's little wonder that the events here have been pretty much written out of the Marvel universe. But anyway, so let's. But here's to me a big one. So number twenty one, Thor: The Dark World. Number nineteen is The Incredible Hulk. What movie do you think is in between those two at the bottom? Um, I'm gonna say, oh, that's a good question. Well, those are widely regarded as the worst ones. Uh, is so, it so Doctor Strange? 
It is. Okay. That, oh my! How did you pull that one people out? People don't like it. Why I, don't they like? I, I don't like know. That movie. I do too. I don't know why, but it's frequently referred to as one of the worst movies of the of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Since when? I don't know. I've always kind of thought like I I like it. I've watched it many times, and I think it's a good movie. But it is like I've just heard this in conversations around the internet and around places that people don't like Doctor Strange. They don't like Benedict Cumberbatch in his crappy American accent. Um, they, it's no, so it's not a sympathetic character that you really get behind, right? He's they've, a lot of what he does has been done better in Iron Man, like the rich, s- s- wisecracking guy. But what about the mind bending? That was visuals. Cool. That, yeah, I mean, yeah, that was cool. I I like it, but you know, I guess people just don't like that idea. Um, I'm was, blown away by that. The other thing is that that was one of the ones that really kind of broke the Marvel formula in that it ends with like a more of a, it's a puzzle than anything else. He doesn't beat um, what's his name. Uh, the name of the guy at the end. I I demand. He says it like over and over and over again because he gets stuck in the time loop. Remember, he's like, Romamu, I've come to bargain. So he gets stuck in that time loop and it's a puzzle. It's not like a physical battle. It's like he has to figure it out. He traps him in a time loop so that he can't um, he can't escape and so he has to agree to to withdraw. Dormammu, that's the name of the guy. Dormammu. <laughs> well, you're good. Right? So that's yeah, but that is that is often one of the worst movies. They say it's the worst one. I think um, in my opinion, Ant Man's probably further down that list. I think Ant Man's not as good. Also, Age of Ultron should be lower on the list. Get ready to uh, go go insanely mad now. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Number eighteen, Thor. Oh, I like Thor. Wrong. I like it. It's okay, fine. Get ready for this. Number seventeen, Captain Marvel. Whoa. So you're you're gonna give us your review yeah, in a second. I, so I we'll, saw that. I disagree with okay, that. So let's leave that. Let that all sit right, for because right. the, then you can give us your review. Then number sixteen, and I, you'll. This does not surprise me, though you may disagree. Avengers: Infinity War, which was not um, my favorite. Yeah, I found it boring. I, I kind of middle of the pack seems about right. Although that's a little high, a little lower than middle of the pack. But a lot of people really love that movie. So they rank it just below number 15, Age of Ultron. Oh, no. I think Age of Ultron is worse. I would agree with that. I think it's worse than Infinity War for sure. Um, Then number 14, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I like that better than the first one. Boy, look at this, hey? Yeah. Then number 13, Iron Man 2. No, come on. Then. (sighs) Although many people don't like that one, but I like it. I like Iron Man 2. I, it's very I, subjective, I think, this list. I remember a strange... That's what's weird about it. That's what I kind of like about it. Yeah, there, yeah. There's lots to debate I bet you, here. You ask, like, you ask any given person what their favorite Marvel movie is, they're going to say something different. Yeah. And that's kind of what's good about the whole thing, is that there's many different movies from which you can oh, make sure. a, choose a favorite. Number 12 is Captain America, the first Avenger. Okay. Number 11 is Ant-Man and the Wasp. Okay, that's okay. Number... 10 is Spider-Man Homecoming. So that but but that means they're ranking the first Ant-Man above Ant-Man and the Wasp. Right? Oh yeah, you, no, I you know they are. The I like the second one better. I agree. I and, agree. And Homecoming should be higher than that. Homecoming is is in the top 5. So I you think. know there's going to be some controversial picks coming up. Oh, for sure. Although there's some good ones here. Um Iron Man is number 9. Oh, that's a really good movie. I don't uh, know. Uh, I mm. That's one of my favorites actually. It is. The first Iron it Man. It is really good. Um, then the first, uh, the very first movie, The Avengers, number eight. Okay. Number seven, Ant-Man. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. No way. I skipped over it because I was thinking about something else, but The First Avengers is my favorite Marvel movie. Ooh. It has always been, since I've seen it, 
it has been my favorite Marvel movie. It is the perfect comic book movie. And I'll fight anybody who asks. I won't fight you, really, but I mean, I, I will defend that. Hmm. It is a really good movie. The first Avengers film is by yeah, far the I, best. I really enjoyed that it's one. It's really good. And, and there's like Ant-Man is certainly not better. Not at all. Number six, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's in my top, probably my top five, I would yeah, say. Yeah, probably me too. It's a really yeah. good movie. Then Captain America Civil War at no, number five. I like the first one better. Then at number four, this might be my oh, favorite Marvel movie. Civ- uh, Civil War? Win- Winter Soldier. Oh, Winter Soldier. Sorry, Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah. Captain America, Winter Soldier. That's I love that. That's widely regarded as a, as a favorite. It's not my favorite Captain America movie. I still like the first Captain America movie better than that one. Intr- oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I don't. I definitely yeah. like. I like, the, I like the idea of a World War II. So oh yeah, I, like, I do. I like that part. I like, too. I like when they go outside of the typical genre and they look at like it's a World War II movie, but it's a superhero movie. Guardians of the Galaxy is a space sci-fi movie, but it's a superhero movie. That's what I like. What they do with these kind of movies, I don't like it when it's just typical superhero fare, except for the Avengers, which was the first one of those in my opinion, and that's why I like that the best. All right, and then number three is Thor Ragnarok. That was awesome. Yeah, that one just breaks all the rules. I love it. I would agree with Pure that Pure fun. One. Yeah, for sure. Up there. Uh, number two, we've talked about this plenty, Black Panther. Yeah, that's... Uh... Okay, and, uh, you know, so it's not our favorite, but uh, we like wait, elements wait, let me, of... Let me figure out what... I know, that, that that's what I was going to say. I know, get ready for what they say is the number one. That's what, that's what pulled me into this in the first place. Okay. Go ahead. I know what it is, but go ahead and say it. Go ahead. It's Iron Man figured, 3. It is. The hell, man. Iron Man 3 is their number one Marvel Our, movie. I know. It's terrible, eh? So <sighs> they say, so this this is highly questionable. Well, this um, whole thing is questionable. That's what they're going to start with. I know. So that's why I went reverse yeah, order. No kidding. You start with that, and then it just, the credibility crumbles. For sure. Um, what did they say? Um, it's one of the few MCU films to feel like it was made by a real deal flesh and blood filmmaker and not by the collective voice of Marvel Studios. Um, mm. Plus, Ben Kingsley provides one of the few cleverly crafted villains. Oh, that's wrong. Well, he's not really a villain. No. But that's, I, I like that. That's my probably my favorite part of that movie is that twist. I liked it. I liked what they did there, but I did not like what's his face is the real villain. I don't remember his name, but you know who I mean, Memento Guy. Yeah. Um, and I did not love the million Iron Man suits that appear at the end. Right, it's oh. like oh, let's make all the uh, let's do all the Iron Man suits, all that, the ones. They're that, all automated. Remember that's when we we're like, oh, it's only a matter of time till a dog is in an that's Iron right. Man suit yeah. and a it looks whatever. like it looks like Pepper Potts is going to be in it for the next Mar- next Avengers movie, of course. Which is by the way going to be Gwyneth Paltrow's last movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. She said so. She's going to be in her own Iron Man suit. We'll just leave it there. If the, uh, well, well <laughs> of course, because everybody has to have their turn in the armor, and it drives me crazy. Yes. But the other thing they say is that the worst part of that film, so they rank it number one, but then they say the film's ending is a false note, as like it appears to wrap up Robert Downey's Jr. In, Jr.'s role in the in uh, as Iron Man, when in fact. Uh, continued after he, that. Well, I think at the time, though, his contract to make yeah. standalone Iron Man, and it still is, he's still not made an, a standalone Iron Man movie since then, but he's been pretty big in the Infinity War. Oh, he's the star of the Marvel Universe as it currently and stands. Even, and even he makes an appearance in Spider-Man Homecoming, so he is still remains a big part of it, but hes I don't think we're going to see any further Iron Man movies going forward. Interesting. I think, I think we're just going to see, and the same with Chris Evans, he's done as Captain America after this. So I think that we're going to see, we may see one of them actually die instead of just being poofed into smoke or whatever happened at the end of uh, Infinity War, but we may actually see one of those 
people die. Yeah. Um, I, I do disagree with a lot of that list, uh, especially, I would say, Captain Marvel. So I went to see Captain Marvel on opening night. Yeah, give us your review. How, uh, and this is, uh, we should set it up by saying, a spoiler-free review? Is I will that say, what you're going to yes, say? Yes, I will give a spoiler-free so you review. Will, you will give broad strokes about the film, but you will not reveal anything that might surprise somebody. Exactly. Cameos or anything like and that. If, and, and by the way, there's quite a bit here that, that like a lot of it is surprising. There are some really good twists and turns in this movie. Um, but I did go see it at the VIP cinemas. It's the only one that mm-hmm. had the uh, the right um, time frame for me. So we went and sat in these, you know, the luxury seats and ordered a beer and all that whole Ooh. thing. Which, I, by the way, I'm not I'm not sure this is the experience I really want when I'm going. I'm still not 100 percent on this whole thing. Uh, I heard them actually. They were talking about it today on the on the radio in the morning mm-hmm. show I was listening to. And one person's like, "As soon as I discovered that, I won't go anywhere else." And I'm like, "I don't know if that's really gonna add that much to me. I prefer the seats at." Actually, the seats at Grant Park have now ruined me for other theaters because those are actually power reclining seats with the feet up and yeah, that. that's crazy. The, like the ones, the, the ones that uh, the VIP don't do that, um, oh. so they need to redo their seats. I think if they want to be up to snuff for uh, the luxury. Experience. I wonder how many of those. Then, but the thing is, they're sponsored by. Then they should say the seats are by whatever. Yes. And how many people just rush out, buy one of those, put it in their home, and go? Now I'm never going to Grand Park. Exactly. Now yes. I'm never going anywhere. That's I thought right. I thought there was sponsored a... by the brick. Now you go to the brick and you buy your seat and you're done. Right. Where's the one I sat in at Grand Park? <laughs> oh, it's right over here. Buy it. Okay. Sorry. Buy theater. I'll never see you again. Uh, another thing, I think there's a missed opportunity for the food on those menus. The menus are pretty generic and right. It's, it looks good, but it doesn't taste great. If you order like poutine or something, it's not like it seems pretty like. Just a level above McDonald's is what we're talking it's about. It's the here. appearance of a bistro with the bistro prices. That's right. And none of the quality exactly. or taste or so any So that, that was not the best part of it. The other interesting part of this experience was the advertising up front. Now, this is something that we take for granted now in the theater world. We're going to see ads. Not previews, but ads for for products, various products. Yeah. And we've torn into these before. When we went to see Star Wars, uh, The oh. Last Jedi, there was quite an interesting mix of, of ads. And there was, by the way, like a good 20 minutes of ads. Remember that? On like and super, on. Super, super. Yeah. This was not as long of a, and it was a packed theater. I mean, it was opening night. It was a packed theater. This was not as long of a a break, commercial break or whatever. But the first spot I thought was interesting because it was a two-minute um, kind of a vignette about uh, Tweed, which is a cannabis yes. company here in Canada. And it was like all about how they grow their weed and how they, they see a big warehouse full of marijuana and this guy talking about quality. And I'm like, how can they do you that? Can't th- a- you can't advertise that before a restrict- be- before any movie other than a restricted one, Oh, well, they you? did. I don't know. They did it. It's on the movie. It was in the movie. It was at the beginning of the movie. So I'm questioning that. I, I have that read the mistake. cannabis guidelines, and those store, a store cannot even hang a poster that can be seen through a window I by am, a young person. I am so confused about this because I cannot understand how that got aired in our movie. I can see it in a movie that was like a restricted film, nobody under the age of eight, even 18, because it's actually 19 is the age here in, in Manitoba. But anyway, that's what we saw. Something is not right with that media buy, I would suggest. I would agree. Um, then we see an ad for Mercedes, which is another thing, right? Okay, mm-hmm. fine. This is obviously aimed at an upscale kind of, which maybe fits to the VIP theater. And then it's an ad for anti-vaping aimed at teenagers. Don't vape. And it gives a typical, like, teens at a party. One kid offers another kid a vape. And the kid looks at it and goes, hmm, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. And then decides not to, right, of course. But that, that was a very stereotypical, which is normally like an, a drinking fi- uh, ad. This was a vaping ad, anti-vaping ad. So I thought that was kind of funny. So the very mixed... Um, 
audiences design like they're looking at very different audiences for all of these ads and i was just confused about the whole thing yeah. so that was that trailers are just a big letdown now i have to say i've seen i'd seen all the trailers already everything that they aired was like stuff i'd seen online so no surprises can't get excited about any of these movies because i've already i already know that they're coming out um and yeah the movie itself first of all i have to say the the 3d is actually really good a lot of times in these films, 3D could come and go, like you could take or leave it, but I thought they used it in really interesting ways. So definitely worth seeing in 3D if you do. I have not, I did not do the D-Box. I am kind of interested in the D-Box again, uh, but I think maybe I'll wait till the next Star Wars should film. Should you say it or should I? What? The douchebag seats. Well, whatever, you said it. The DB. <laughs> we all know what DB stands for. Um, but yeah, okay, so this is the story. And the interesting thing is that a lot of people are not familiar with Captain Marvel as a superhero. True. Uh, it's a very somewhat obscure character. I knew of the character. I'd never really read the comics. Uh, Captain Marvel is somewhat tied to the Guardians of the Galaxy, therefore somewhat tied to the Fantastic Four. It's the Marvel Cosmic Universe as opposed to the Earthbound yeah. universe. So all the stuff usually happened around the Fantastic Four because that was the team that went out into the space you know into the space um but you know sometimes the avengers would sometimes the x-men would so once they established that there was a lot going on in the galaxy around earth superheroes would travel there more and more often with like secret wars being the big kind of event that brought them all together because that brought them out into the somewhere unknown in the galaxy could you clarify something for me sure. didn't dc used to call shazam captain marvel yes that's right and So what happened was that like a legal fight was that oh probably or, or the word marvel Probably they didn't want to use it anymore. Like, I, f I find it bizarre that the movie Shazam is about to come out. Yeah. Right after Captain Marvel. Do I, we know how that all I went don't, down? I do not know how that all went down. Um, but I, I guess do it's know, something we're, we need to look up. But we do know that DC and Marvel frequently copied each other with respect to these characters. And sure. they, they, like, they had a, an equivalent to pretty much everything. Um, and the character's name is actually Marvel, uh, But they mispronounce it and it's call him call and it's a guy in the comic books. It's first, it's a man right. called uh, Captain. Uh, his name is Marvel. It's an alien name. He, he's a Cree warrior. Cree is the alien race. K R E E. Yep. And so uh, the story is about um, well, Carol Danvers is the female, and that this does happen in the comic book. So it is it's a very similar to Ant Man in a way, in which we're not starting with the original Ant Man, which was Hank Pym. We started with the Paul Rudd version of it. This is the same thing. We're not starting with the original version of, of Captain Marvel. We're starting with the Carol Danvers version, which was a later version. So um, when we start, uh, she is a uh, Kree warrior on uh, whatever their planet's called. I can't remember. It's the same planet that's featured in. Guardians of the Galaxy. There's a oh, lot of yeah. lot of ties into Guardians of the Galaxy here. One thing they never make clear in Guardians or in this film is that on Kree, whatever the planet's called, most people have a blue face. Mm -hmm. Like the, the Kree are blue-skinned aliens, but there are a few who look human. They look like they have regular skin. That is because, and they explained it in the comic books, there is it's like another race. It's like having a black person or a white person or an Asian person. That is another race. Of people in the Cree, and so the white people are actually in the minority on Cree. So where so. Do, where does Will Smith's genie fit in on this planet? <laughs> That's right, he's on there too. Yeah, he's right there. So we, when we started out the movie off, uh, uh, she is known as uh, Veers, and she's a Cree warrior, and it's actually a very cool opening scene. Um, we get to see her in action with her boss Jude Law, boss whatever her commanding officer is Jude Law, and all these other characters, and it's kind of a fun little, um, you know, 
adventure that they go on. And she battles the evil alien race, the Krull. The Skrull. Skrull. The, the, oh, who's the Krull again? Krull is that that, that movie with the the, blade, the glaive. The remember that star thing that the blades pop out. It's Krull is that old eighties no. movie. <laughs> you know. Oh man, Krull is. So basically, I just dated myself for going sure. Krull. I mean, the it was Skrulls. a joke. The Skrulls. <laughs> the Skrull and and the Skrulls hide among us. Right? Yeah, Skrulls are shapeshifters, and they, again, they've always been in the Marvel universe. Again, they're very tied to the Fantastic Four, which is interesting because even though. Um, they're, you know, Disney has bought Fox, which owns mm-hmm. Fantastic Four. They didn't when they started this whole project. So it's interesting how they can get around like the licensing agreements to use characters that are basically part of the Fantastic Four universe. I guess the Skrulls have been used enough in other parts of the comics to, to be make it open. So anyway, yeah, the Skrulls are these, they look more like, like green. They have like big pointy ears. They look kind of like, um, gremlins kind of an idea. Uh, and they are shapeshifters, so that means they could turn into everybody. So basically, if when you see in the trailer that she's beating up an old lady in the train, that's a scroll. We, 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 we know that. That's yeah. not a spoiler. So yeah, so she's fighting the scrolls. She's chasing. She chases them to Earth, going after. There's a MacGuffin. They're going after some a certain thing, and uh, basically, um, that's what. And it's it's Earth of the '90s. It's in it's in the mid '90s with all the great flannel and and. And pop culture references that you would love. She and cried. a de-aged Samuel L. Jackson. They did a very good job of this. Well, and there's no yeah. no trace of, of silly putty face going on here. Well, I would say one, there's one shot where they're in an elevator. And for a split second, he turns his face and it looks weird. But that's only the one shot. I didn't notice it any other time. They basically took Sam Jackson and made him 20 years younger for the mo- most of the movie. So like, he's he's Pulp Fiction aged Samuel L. Yes, Jackson. but he doesn't have the, the Jerry Curl or the mustache. Oh, not, come. They, they could do that. They missed a huge opportunity. They did. I saw a funny meme where they compare the shot. There's a shot of him and Coulson. So, uh, you know, Phil Coulson, yeah. who's the, the – uh, we've not seen him in a Marvel film since the original oh, Avengers. Oh, so he's in it? He's in it, yeah. He is uh, a much younger, has more hair. Um, and his DH- same actor, same actor, yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, that's yeah, nice. Yeah, he's great. I saw an interview. He's like, "What you want me to be in this movie? You're gonna make me look younger? Give me more hair? I'm all for that." So he's very funny. But um, there was a meme that compared. There's a shot of the two of them in a car, and it went side by side with a shot of of uh, John Travolta and Sam Jackson in Pulp Fiction in a car. And it was almost the same shot, just two different people. So anyway, ah. so yeah, you're in the '90s, um, and she's going around trying to find what she's trying to find. I think she's trying to find the scrolls. Can't remember the details exactly. The head scroll is played by um, uh, Mendo, Mendo from uh, Ben Mendelsohn from uh, Rogue One and, mm-hmm. and uh, Ready Player One. He, play, he always plays a great bad guy. The funny thing is, in this one, they let him do his original Australian accent. He's from Australia, so they let him have his normal accent. But there's no real reason for him to have an Australian accent. He's an alien. Oh, like he does it. It's funny. It's so funny seeing him in the makeup and he's talking in an Australian accent. Yet when he disguises himself as somebody else. I think the Ben Mendelsohn character is supposed to be like another person he disguises himself as. That person has an American accent. Okay. Why? <laughs> I don't know. It's so funny. It's so funny. Anyway, so um, uh, overall, I would say it's a really fun movie to watch. Uh, it's got some great moments. It turns into a bit of a buddy cop uh, comedy with with uh, old, like young Sam Jackson and and Brie Larson as as um, Captain Marvel. They they partner up and they're going to find this thing together. Coulson isn't in it very much. He's just got bit parts here and there. He helps them along at key points. Um, great action scenes. It does impact the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe significantly, and it sets up stuff that come later on that you'll know about when you see it. Like, I don't want to give anything away, okay. but you'll see it go, oh, okay, that's where that came from, including, should I say this? No, don't spoil okay, it. Don't whatever. spoil it. All right, I won't say it. Anyway, 
I like. I really liked it. It would be in my top ten Marvel films if, if I was to rank this. It would definitely be in the top ten. I thought it was really good. It um, it passes the Bechdel test in the first five minutes. We'll tell we'll tell you. And for those who don't know, the Bechdel test is uh, it's it's does one female character speak to another female character about something other than a man? That's that's basically what it is. And a surprising amount of films fail it, uh, but right. this one makes a point of passing it in the first five minutes with Annette Annette Bening's in it. She plays a character, and uh, and so Brie Larson and Annette Bening have a conversation in the first five minutes of the movie that are not that is not uh, about a man. Very so good. And, and there are many more conversations not about men either. So uh, it's funny because the whole you heard about the Brie Larson the whole hating white man thing, huh? No, there's some tr- there's a bunch of trolls online trying to trying to. Oh yeah, that you know, I know. They're yeah, trying yeah. to like tell people to go see Alita Battle Angel instead of this one. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Um, but they're they're trying to say Brie Larson hates white men or something. Oh, it's, for it's, the it's, love of God! It's a really interesting when you look at it at the movie at the height of like the action and all everything. The main characters on the screen are Samuel Jackson, Brie Larson, um, uh, her friend who's also a black woman, her daughter, black woman's daughter, and Ben Mendelsohn who's a green alien. So there's no white guys in that shot, right? Um, so all these kind of like. You really see there there are not a lot of white dudes, although Jude Law is a white dude. Jude Law is in the movie, so that's the only white dude. So you know, it's it's just a lot of a lot of fun. Very surprising. I was I was surprised by it, and a very lovely tribute tribute to Stan Lee, uh, as this is the last film or the the first film made since his passing. So two, uh, there is the cameo, the typical Stanley cameo, which they shot before he died, but also another uh, lovely tribute to uh, to Stanley as well. Wow, that so. Uh... Uh, mark out of 10? Eight. Wow, Eight solid. Yeah, solid. It's good. I will definitely see it. I don't know if I'm going to see it in the theater, but you suggest that's well, the way to do it. Well, I mean, it. Uh, the 3D's fine, but you could you could probably enjoy it just as much seeing it on TV. Um, the, uh, you know, the big criticism for this movie is that it's too much like a Marvel film. It follows mm-hmm. the formula too exactly. But the thing is, those are pretty, they're all pretty good movies. As much as we rank these movies, we started this out by talking about the the best for, to last. Even the ones at the bottom of that list are still pretty good. We don't have any big turds in this franchise yet. We don't have, although Incredible Hulk is a turd, but that's one that they made before they figured out what they were doing. Iron Man is the true start to this, this franchise. But even Thor Dark World is pretty good. I don't mind that one at all. Hmm. So, you know, there are and, and Doctor Strange. Again, Doctor Strange, which is one of the lowest ones in that list. It's a it's a good movie. So the Marvel f- formula works. They, they're not taking a ton of risks because this is the first one starring a female as the primary character, which is a big milestone. Um, so yeah, they're not gonna take they're not gonna make a Thor Ragnarok out of this film. It's gonna be it's gonna play it safe in a lot of the ways. And it does. Hmm. But there are still some surprises, which I liked. Excellent. So there you go. Eight out of ten, go see it. Thank you for the review. I'm going to see it again tonight with my kids. Oh, awesome. So I went to see it with a friend on Thursday, and I'm going to see it with the kids on Tuesday. Let night. me know what the kids say. I will. Absolutely. Perfect. So we're going to do recommendations? Let's do recommendations. You go first? No, I, I can't. No. I got to think of something okay, else Okay, I am going to go with, uh, it's not Robin Williams based, oh, but, I got, but I got to say it, and that's Afterlife on Netflix with Ricky Gervais. Oh, I heard some criticism about this well, one. Well, I have some too, but then I have some. I have some bad news and some good news. Okay. The bad news is when you start watching it, um, the first couple of episodes are not the best episodes, and I would even say there is something – there's a trope in episode one, and there is also sadness in episode one that does not feel like TV sadness that feels like a black hole of despair. Oh, And so you watch it, and you're like, I don't know if I can watch this whole thing. This is kind of like – 
And then you watch the second episode and you're like, yeah, I don't know. But then you watch the third one. And you're like, oh, that was a little better. Then you watch the fourth one and you're like that. Wait a sec. I think I'm kind of enjoying this. And then by the time you watch the last episode, it's like he did it again. Where <laughs> where like like Derek in a way okay. where you're like, I don't know if this is a good idea. I don't know. Is this working? Is this not working? Then it's only six up six half hour episodes. It goes really fast. So you get to the sixth episode, and he had me at the by the end of the sixth episode. I had a tear in my eye. It's Aww. lovely. There's some lovely sentiments going on there, I think. Um, and he's not. He doesn't ever hit you over the head with some big message, but there is a message, and it's like it's a good it's a good message for people to have. Um, and I don't want to, and I won't spoil anything other than to say, yeah, those first two episodes are a little bit hard going, and I get I get why. People would find that. And even the very opening scene of the opening show, my first thought was like, oh, no, not this trope, you know. And so there's a couple of hurdles there. But once you get over those hurdles, um, I'm a fan. I'm a Ricky Gervais fan. I I really liked it. By the end, I really liked the show. And I I even want a season two. Well, I'm, I'm sure it will. If it does well, yeah. I'm sure it'll do. See, they did what three seasons of Derek? Was it three? I think they normally did do uh, like two in a movie. Yeah, I that's think. what they did. They, they yeah, did two in a movie. And Life is Short had two in a movie. Yeah. Like that seems to be the pattern. Okay, so that's fine. But the big criticism I've heard uh, from people is that he's recycling jokes. There's oh, a, I heard that. There's a lot of jo- like stuff he's done like from ten years. Why wouldn't you do? It's not. It's not like at first I'm like, what he's doing these stand-up jokes again? But no, he jokes he done in the stand-up routine yeah. he's now incorporating into the show i'm like what's wrong with that and that there aren't it's like not many guys yeah. I'm, I'm i'm familiar with it all i've seen all of his stand-up yeah. performances and there was one that i noticed that stood out but i just saw it as a wink to the fans or whatever and it's like not a bad like the, the show isn't like any other show he's really done yeah like it's about something totally different so i, I it didn't bother me okay. it wasn't like you know, like if like imagine a split screen where he's playing Derek and then himself right. as a new character, and you'd yeah. be like, "Well, that's ba- a bad idea." But there's nothing like that. Okay. I, I think that's overstated. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm not one to like. As soon as I realized what it was, like it's a completely yeah. different type of show, and he's like using jokes from like ten years ago that he's kind of reincorporated into this. It's fine. It's a different thing. You can't it's not the same thing. I I I live by the by the. Uh, the motto that you cannot plagiarize yourself. That's right. If That's you right. have said something <laughs> and that like said Kenton Larson back when he was a genius at age 14 or whatever, it's like you just, if you said it originally, you can say it again for the rest of your life. And stand-up comedy is based on that premise. Exactly. So yeah. like, uh, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't, I, I don't buy the criticism. All right. That's fine. I'll How about watch, you? What's I'll, your, I'll, I'll, what you got first? Uh, well, okay, I, and I'll be, be honest, it's just because I've been kind of sick lately and I haven't been watching a ton, but what I have been watching is season three of The Man in the High Castle. Oh, so yeah. So I'll give another recommendation in that. Like, another, uh, this is my other call to action for you to freaking sign up for Prime. Sign up for Prime. Video now. I'll see. I'm still <laughs> toying with the idea. It is such a good show. And season three, okay, I'll give it this. It was it in, did... in in recent times. Amazon has lost one of my shipments, and there's one that's on the cusp of being lost right now. So I'm kind of like, I'm sort of like, come on, Amazon, let's come through on this delivery. Let's do this. Their TV shows are always delivered on time. I know. To your I, set I re- top box. I realize that the streaming is. <laughs> it's the other stuff. That's that right. Makes that's me, right. Yeah. 
But uh, no, season to be fair, it took me a while because season three does get off to a bit of a slow start. And and for the man in the high castle, man in the high yeah. castle, yeah. So I, I took me like I watched episode one. I said oh, okay, and I kind of left it for a little while. Watched episode two, left it, and then finally got to episode five late last week. And I'm like, whoa! And then as soon as episode five hit, I watched the rest. I think I've only got one left now. So I watched four in a row after that, and it was really good. So. Again, I'm just going to put it out like this is just a great series, and they are they're working on season four, so it is going to continue. Um, and it is a shame. The only thing about this, and I don't know the numbers, right? Like, there's a lot of shows that I feel like, like I said about Letterkenny, I wish that got in front of a wider audience because it's really good, and yeah. I want more people to see it. Same thing with this. This one, I don't know how many people subscribe to Amazon Prime, but I I feel like the mainstream audiences are still not aware of the Man in the High Castle. So no, it's really under. I mean, I heard about it a long time ago. I think it's nominated ago. for. It gets nominated, but yeah. it doesn't get awards, and it really should. Like the characters are incredible, and, and and it warns us about things that we. There's very strong parallels now. Yes. Now that we're getting into like the full Trump era, we do see a lot of parallels between like what Nazi Germany would be. Now, by the way, this takes place in the 60s, so it's not exactly the same. It's not like now. It's it's like in the 60s, yeah. but still, it gives you a sense of what you know what an American what a an Americanized Nazi Reich would be, and that's what it is. So it's a very good show. Watch it. That's and my, and that's coming it. on the heels of that short film called The Night at the Garden, that's right? Which is a real thing that happened. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot. There's a lot uh, of things that are echoing around that kind of con- okay something weird happened with the uh with the recording here i went to start the song so here's the song and i was just gonna do and i realized i stopped recording so i don't know what point it stopped recording i'm gonna fix it in post but we want to be you know it's part of our whole thing about being upfront with the audience so there you go big mess up uh but anyway that's on that note that mess up was sponsored by flipboard <laughs> Very good. all right that's gonna do it for this episode of the media nerds i'm dan vatabonker i'm kenton larson don't let the door hit you on the ass